Welcome to High on the Hog with Merrill Schindler and co-host Joanna Belson. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Merrill and Joanna discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Enjoy the show. You've probably been hearing a great deal on the news, endless, about issues, problems with bogus vape cartridges and so forth, people getting sick. How do you protect yourself? Well, one way is through CannaSafe. Am I describing it correctly, Antonio? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we provide information that can help protect you from making those bad decisions. We absolutely do. Antonio Frazier, you are, what is your position with CannaSafe? I am currently our VP of Operations. Well, that's pretty high up there. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> He's the man of the hour, I would say, right now. <laughs> How did CannaSafe begin? When did it begin? Yeah, so CannaSafe started back in two, 2011, way before I was out in California, down in Marietta, California. Um, a high school chemistry teacher and his son were heavy in the CBD market market and they decided to start testing for efficacy and the best they could they got a, a gc they put it in their garage and that's how kind of they started they were testing cbd levels and cbd oils and tinctures that they were uh moving around the market in southern california help me here to test is this a fairly scientific complex like don't try this at home kids type thing well i've seen the kids are those uh, they, do they look like um almost like a tackle box and you open it and they have all sorts of like things um, inside yeah that would be our sampling kit you okay. know so 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 that's our kit for going out and securing the compliance samples that we have to go get but it certainly is scientific the evaluation that we're doing we have very high level chemists and the phds and masters uh, whether it be bio, biology, chemistry, biochemistry, uh, very high-level degrees. This is a little different than extraction because there is like a profiling of it all. And we have very expensive equipment. I mean, we have one equipment of one room that's over $15 million in equipment, you know. So there's just a lot of money and the resources that goes into what we do, and it's quite difficult. Is this like a spectrograph and things like that? Yes, you, yes, you, yes. You have fancy exactly. words like that. Spectrometry, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. This would be spectrometry. This would be PCR for your microbials and your uh, bacteria. Yeah, so yes, it's all those different things that you hear about in environmental labs, but now we're or in food labs, but yep. now we're doing it in cannabis. How do you know the real thing versus the fake thing if the fake thing is relatively close? Um, well, that's what our lab does. Uh, there's no way to hide from the instruments. Uh, the instruments tell you everything. Uh, we can, as long as we're profiling or we're targeting it, we can test for anything. So if it's THC, uh, yeah, it's synthetic THC could potentially be uh, disguised on our instruments if it was perfect, but most likely there's going to be some impurities there that are going to differentiate it. But we tell you exactly what's in it, whether it be your flavonoids and your terpenes your, uh, and your potency, your THC and CBD. But we also tell you if it's safe. That's what's kind of getting a lot of attention right now is it, is it safe? And that comes from your pesticide levels, your microbials, heavy metals, residual solvents, and mycotoxins. You know, I always think of, I said it's like the poppies and bagels that'll make you test positive for cannabis. It's such a wild west out there. There's a lot of stuff you just don't know about. Yeah, that's, that's very true. There's actually a bunch of issues going on with uh, drug testing right now. So uh, we don't test uh, urine and things for people that do drug tests currently. We have the capability to, but it's a different market. Uh, you you know, don't want to be urine sampling all day? No, no, we don't want to be part of it. And right now, I, honestly, there's a lot of, that's a great point because a lot of attention on it is that right now people have lost their kids or their jobs due to taking CBD. And some of the older equipment, the GC technology I just mentioned that was prior to what we're doing now, it can confuse the two molecules because their molecular weight is the same. And due to, I mean, there's a bunch of technical behind it, but due to what you have to do to prep a urine sample, you could potentially 
look at a, a spectrograph, think it's uh, THC, but it's actually CBD, and people have gone back to court and sued, whether it be drug test companies, because, like I said, they've lost custody of their kids or their job for it. So it's very, very important that people start to understand this better. And honestly, they've been getting away with it for a long time because uh, no one really goes at the drug or, or, or the urine test companies. No one's like, oh, I use way more drugs than that. That's, that's, that's <laughs> Those results are way wrong. Like, no one's going at you uh, for those results being wrong. But obviously what we do, uh, if we pass or fail a batch, it could be millions of dollars. You know, hundreds of thousands of dollars mostly all the time that's associated with it. So people tend to argue when it doesn't come out their way. So you have to really go through those channels and make sure you're really robust. And you're seeing a lot of labs get caught up in it right now. A lot of labs are failing, getting their licenses pulled because they can't do it as well as they claim they can. You know, we had a lady on who does kosher cannabis a while ago, and she had um, rabbis coming in, and they would give her, like, you know, a certificate of, of kosherness. So, I mean, is your... Do you do the same thing? Do you give yes. people a certificate? Do they get a little yeah. um, kind of safe <laughs> bug on, on the on the label? Um, well, yeah, you actually can if, if you do your compliance testing with us. But what we produce are called certificates of analysis, which are COAs. Yep. And that's what the state requires all licensed batches to have in order to be sold in the licensed market. So that, that is our, our product is a COA. It's a piece of paper that certifies what you do or your product safe and accurate. And we've talked about that in regard to like if you're having your CBD, if you're buying it, you should look at the COA that goes along with it so you know what goes into it we're just trying to educate everybody on oh absolutely so people in the industry know the word coa the rest of the world doesn't you and i know it but people need to know to ask for the coa it should always be posted on websites too for the brand is that correct um it it should it's not required um but that's what we're trying to bring more attention to like this this platform here is excellent that you said that because we have the ability to print qr codes for our clients and if you take your phone and scan it that coa for that batch will come up for you so you can see it so we're really big on educating people how to read them and what they mean and like you said to ask for them some stores will have them but not not everyone does because no one's requiring it but i guarantee you if you start going into a store and asking for them, they'll start collecting them and have them available. Now, for your you. shirt and your hoodie and, and, and the little thing around your neck—they all have a little like logo, a little C yeah. in like yes. um, uh, yes. what what is that? Uh, it's not a diamond. It's, it's a hexagon C. Yes. A he- okay. Yeah. So would it's I find that on like the the containers of um of CBD? Uh, your little if, logo. If someone's testing with us yeah. and they're using us to verify their products, you absolutely can. Uh, especially in the THC market and the license market, a lot of our clients do co-brand their packaging because of what we stand for and everyone relates to what we're doing to save cannabis. So yes, you can see it, but it's not a requirement. We would love for it to be that uh, certified well, marker for our products. I mean, so get, getting back to kosher, yeah, I mean, if a, co- if a product's kosher, they'll always put the uh, the little OU on the side yeah. or a little K in a circle or something like that. I mean, it's, it's yeah. like people look for that stuff. It's the same as, I mean, these days, uh, it's a rare product. You go to the store to buy, it doesn't have the little box on the side that tells you the calories and the sodium and all that stuff. And if you're an obsessive like me, you always look at it. So the challenge there is the real estate on the packaging. Um, To be compliant in California, you have to have X, Y, and Z on there. And to add another logo might just... You know, ruin the brand image from the designer standpoint or just not enough space. But I do agree it's a fantastic concept to have it just so you know it's been tested and it's kind of safe approved. Yeah, exactly. And bigger than that, though, without the lack with the lack of federal regulations, it's not required yet. Um, Mm -hmm. This is a federally regulated product. You have all that stuff, especially with some of the food. I mean, we saw early on in this transition uh, when. 
products were being tested. And keep in mind, Prop two, uh, Prop sixty four passed in two thousand sixteen, and we didn't have products actually being tested till eighteen. And we remember last year we had some brownies and other products come in with a two year expiration date on it. Oh wow! And you know, I don't know what dairy they're using, but uh, most likely that's not actually true, or it's not going to be safe. It's not a true shelf life res- representation, and that's a gap right now between state and federal law that you know the state doesn't make the laws to include all of those things. They're, they're looking at how do you regulate THC? How do you make sure you prevent diversion of this molecule, THC or CBD? They're not really as concerned with all of the food processing and all the things around it because there's normally other facets of government to catch all that. But right now, due to that gap, you're not always going to get that new, that, that, that nutritional label isn't always there. Not everyone's going to have that same certification. Besides the California pot sticker, that's about the only thing uh, that's there. But obviously, the counterfeiters and illicit bootleggers are putting that sticker on everything as well. So you have to try to stay ahead of that. Do you have a national footprint or are you just specific to California? Um, right now, we're, we are in California, but there's certainly going to be plans um, to expand. Uh, we, we have clients in CBD all over the state, uh, oh, sorry, all over the country as well as the world. We know we get CBD coming in from all over the world for, because you can move it here. Right now, there's only a few markets that have regulations as strict as California. So there hasn't been really a market worth us going into. But obviously, now that there's more coming online, we're going to look into expanding our, uh, our our reach and our ability. You were saying that you got in brownies with an expired expiration date? An old expiration date? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't old. It was that someone that, you know, manufactured in July of 2018, and they said it didn't expire until 2020, which, which okay. you know, dairy, that's not necessarily going to hold true. Yeah. So there's no regulation around that, and that's some of the gap. And obviously those things aren't as egregious as, as now because the market's getting more mature. But when you put... Uh, when you allow a market to operate and there's not rules around it, those are the things that can happen when it's not federally regulated. Yeah, like Antonio, I'm just thinking you you have enough THC and you don't care if those brownies are 20 years old, man. You you go you go searching through the closet because you need the brownies. <laughs> so the, well, the well, date doesn't look matter. Look past much. the brownies and yeah. find the gummies because yeah, the gummies have a much longer shelf life. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm about to say. I hope you find different brownies. I hope you don't keep brownies in a closet because it's not in the, it's not a good place for them where they have THC or not. <laughs> what do you do when when you you know, some reliable company comes in and uh, you test it, and you go, it's funky. This is bad stuff. And the, these people have great, they have pride. I mean, they're a yeah. name brand. And you got to tell them, I'm sorry, guys, your, your product's like the junk. Man, that is a tough conversation. We definitely have people who have been doing this for decades, even, you know, in their families, but never had any profiling or science behind it. So when you tell them that they don't, it's not as strong as they want it to be, or potentially it's moldy, you know, they don't really like hearing those conversations. So it's definitely a tough one when we have to fail products. I mean, we're failing products at pretty much the rate. Uh, we do, we look at the numbers. We account for about a, the third of the market, and we're about a fourth of or fifth of all the fails that have ever been submitted, uh, and the majority of those are pesticides. So we have that conversation quite frequently, and it's, it's tough. I mean, there's nothing to say but science, and you have to be robust to be able to defend what your instruments say, and that's the key is to be good at that, that, that high-level technical things that, that, that you mentioned to explain to their chemists and their scientists of why we got the numbers that we did off of our off, off of our. Off and our then they have to go back and destroy everything exactly. and lose all that That's the question. Money. Do they destroy it or do they say, 
compared to the ninety nine cent only cannabis store. Yeah, so you know, I yeah, mean, so what's I the mean, process? Yeah. Is, you know, there, is there really a an that's enforcement a, here? That is a great question. So that's what's good about the legal market is that <laughs> when things fail, there actually is enforcement to come back around and ensure that their product has been destroyed. And if it hasn't, they can be reprimanded for it. It has to be done on video, a yeah. certain kind of way, and there's all kind of processes in place. Now, the initial idea is, let's just be honest here, if it fails in the legal market, the idea is, hey, maybe it should go, you know, to the traditional market, a.k.a. the illicit one, you know, right. as we say. So that can happen, but now with more regulations, more able bodies in the government, they're actually able to track that better, and we know clients are doing a good job of actually destroying it. What is tricky about CBD and illicit THC is that if that stuff fails, there's no one there to tell them they can't sell it anymore. There's no accountability. And quite frankly, they're going to continue with it, moving to shelf because no one's stopping them from in, from introducing a dangerous product in the market. Yeah. That's where you're seeing all the vitamin E, acetate, and vaping illnesses come. It's because they're coming from the illicit market. They have no all their only uh, their only goal is profit. So if you can cut, if you use this cutting agent to make to, to make your product go further and, you know, no one knows the quality of the product is still there, they're going to use it because there's no safeguards in the illicit market stopping them to do so. And there's no safeguards. I mean, we're often, like, wondering here about the world here in, in California of, of ice cream places you could go. And for two bucks more, they'll get, they'll put some CBD oil on your yeah. on your chocolate fudge. And you're going, yeah, two bucks more for maybe it's a little cana- canola oil. I mean, who, who really no knows? No one knows in CBD right now. It could be it's, water. It, it could be, exactly. And, and you've seen all the studies. We did a doctor's episode last year even where only three out of 20 products had the amount of CBD that they claimed. Three claim. out of 20. And, and, and about uh, over half had none whatsoever. Like she said, it was just water because you can take the same bottle of water, it's a dollar, you put a CBD on it, it's, it's $5. Right. And you see it in the airport, it's in Whole Foods, the it's gas everywhere. Stations. Gas station, everywhere. It's unregulated. And that's what terrifies us because it's from the same plant. These are different molecules, but it's from the same plant. So all the dangers you have in making THC products it's the same dangers in CBD products. Yeah, it's non-intoxicating, or you know, uh, uh, right. or it's not. It's, it's psychoactive, but it's, it's it's not intoxicating. But the product danger is still there when you process and extract all those solvents. All those things are still an issue, and that's why we are very vocal about telling people about CBD. Hey, you're better off going to a dispensary getting your CBD products because you know they've been tested and you know that they're actually safe for you, although they're a little bit more expensive. But wait, you can't, but don't the CBD have to be sold in a separate store than a dispensary in California? Uh, well, no. So actually, so you can, it's called cannabis-derived CBD. So it's okay. the same it. m- molecule. So you're getting products from cannabis. Um, but you, I, I believe it's you can also- right? Yeah, it's, it's all about the percent. Yeah, 0.3. so so it's, it's, it's just that you have less than 0.3% THC in the product and what's good about getting from a dispensary is that you know that they've also shown Leafly's done a study a few other labs have done them recently and that the majority of the products that claim CBD actually have THC in them I don't know if you've seen it but the Air Force just recommended all their cadets not to use any CBD not because CBD is unsafe but because they could jeopardize a drug test because a lot of these products could have THC in it and they do unfortunately so they don't want to go back just being drunk all the time <laughs> I mean yeah, it, unfortunately no it's yeah. crazy how much we'll, we'll, we'll push alcohol on our society with the damage Damages it does to the body in our society, and yet, you know, you have this other options out there that we're not putting more research into to make it cleaner. We're just saying, oh no, you shouldn't do it because it's unregulated. Well, it's the same deal with with uh, alcohol at one point too. You came from an unusual world into this. I mean, you have a very different career arc. Yeah. You know, often I many of the people that we've spoken to come, you know, it's a cannabis out of being ill. 
you know, they, they, they were ill or a family member was ill mm-hmm. and they turned to it and it did some amazing things for them. You come, you, you, you're a scientist. You're a real scientist. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, so I'm an engineer. That's my background. Um, I've used cannabis throughout my adolescence. Uh, kind of cranked it up a little bit in college. Played college football. So you with, were in the unofficial <coughs> cannabis club too. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, like definitely found ways. You I mean, I, there's all kind of things I could tell you. I mean, I remember one time I caught one of those flu, bird flu, swine flu, or something in college, and you know, I they put me on an IV, gave me a fistful of. of uh, of coding. I'm kind of like, what do I need coding for? Like, like, what is this about? And it's just, you know, and, and you really aren't advised some of the best ways to medicate yourself. So I found cannabis and I've realized, oh, I can smoke a little pot and, you know, eat a big meal and not have to take all these pills. You know, it was easier for me. I wasn't a true habitual user, but I definitely found a kind of myself uh, medication. And yeah, and my background is uh, aerospace and nuclear engineering, um, but all very consumer safety, all very regulation basis. Why it's really easy for me to see the rules and know how to operate through them. I could talk to government regulators pretty well because my first job, I had to work on a government site, you know, uh, with the USNRC, the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission was there every day reviewing what we did every single day. You had to testify about it. And then there were people just casually with AR-15s around too, you know. So the security, I've always been in a very high intense, very high uh, visible environment. So my work has never been anything but transparent. So it's really easy for me to come into this industry. And uh, that's actually why my old teammate brought me out here because he knew we I operated that he could set up something long term. You know, it wasn't about an initial cash grab. It was like, we're going to set up the kind of lab that's going to make it through regulation. And hopefully when it becomes federally legal, we can set the guidelines. That is our mission. And that's where my career arc comes from. And now I can say I don't have a personal, like no one I knew was sick, but I've met so many people now who have been touched and healed by this plant or have such a better quality of life. And now it's just a passion of mine. I mean, I, you don't get that same gratification when you build um, a jet engine, you know? Yeah, it's, it's technical, it's exciting for me in a nerdy sense, but it wasn't really gratifying like this. is. This is by far one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done uh, uh, professionally. It's almost like community work. Well, I saw your piece on the Today Show, which I thought was amazing, just to get that national coverage of such a crisis that's going on, because there's so much misinformation. I get calls all the time from friends and family, and they're like, I have these vape carts. What do I do? And I'm like, yeah. you bought them in a store in California. You're totally fine. And they still exactly. question it. You like, know? Yeah, because no one because no one's done a good job of educating the consumer. And that's what I think we have to do is explain to people why if you buy from legal California store, it is going to be safe because all the different things that we've done, you know, we've seen that they've linked some of these vape incidents to legal stores, but in other states where the rules weren't nearly as stringent or the markets were just new, you know, and that's what I really bothers me about this whole I don't know, legalization or medicalization in this country is that we have all these states down that shouldn't be trying to grow cannabis now and trying to create their own state programs. There's no reason why California, Oregon, Washington shouldn't be, and now Oklahoma, honestly, shouldn't be flooding this entire country with higher quality products from experienced growers. You shouldn't be trying to grow cannabis in Georgia and Florida. You know, it's, well, Florida uh, no, it grows very Pen- well there, actually. Pennsylvania <laughs> has yeah. had nice, a, nice and humid, right? Yeah. There's a, flo- <laughs> a shortage of cannabis in Pennsylvania right now. I know from a friend or yeah. family member that she order she pre-orders her flour, and now she's got it all, and now it's gone. There's no more to get. Absolutely. And the quality yeah. of it, I see people posting pictures yes. of it. And it's embarrassing what people are selling. It's so stoner stoner Amish. You know, they're they're, they're (laughs) grabbing it all over the top. You know when you drive and you see those huge commercial industrial parks and you're like, what is inside those buildings? You know what's in them? Cannabis grows. It's changed so much from like shipping like FedEx locations to grows. Like you drive to San Bernardino. 
And no, no big billboards say different. cannabis or us. It's, no. it's, yeah, they're there too. It's actually interesting you say that because they've t- we've they've taken over the industrial areas where they're allowed to be. Actually, in San Jose, they're actually trying to put together something to combat it because the other industries can't even afford the rent because obviously landlords see cannabis, they jack up all the the square foot prices, and now the other industries, the true ones that are really industrial or tried and true, can't even afford to be in their zones anymore. You know, based on your where you are in the industry, which is a great place to be. There's a huge amount of confusion about the vaping thing. Okay. I mean, I have you know I have friends who vape. Um, you know, some have have stopped doing it altogether, no matter where they buy the stuff. Some are okay as long as it's safe and from a reliable store, it's okay. Do you have Do you have a a, a real sense there, or is it still in a world of confusion? Yeah. So um, what I can say is that there's definitely buying legal is the most important thing. That's going to get you ninety eight percent, ninety eight percent of the way there. But there's definitely some answers. Uh, some questions that we haven't answered yet. Um, like as far as temperature control, we at some point we're going to have to put some regulations around these devices because even safe cannabis, if you heat up too high, um, it can break down into things that um, are potentially cancerous, like some of the terpenes. They do, I mean, think about it. These things are solvents. These terpenes, they're things that you find in cleaning solution because they are solvents. Um, so they're finding, they're finding their natural amount, like they're, they're present in cannabis from, you know, barely a percent to about two, you know, two to three max. You might get some very high terpene um, content flour. But in these vape carts, some people are putting them up to 10, 15% terpenes. And it's because they want that flavor. And the issue is, is that cannabis doesn't taste like strawberry banana cupcakes. You know, like, you know, like, like that you're trying to make some vape flavor that is delicious, but maybe that shouldn't be a thing because cannabis doesn't taste like that. And when you put more terpenes that are naturally available, you could potentially, you know, um, cause, uh, cause things for people to get sick. And well, yeah, I mean, control, well, look, one of like, the, that's what can happen. One of the online sites, you know, every year they name their, 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 strain of the year and their strain this year was birthday cake i went birthday cake yeah birthday what the heck's birthday cake what kind of strain is that yeah you know it used to be um look now they have gr- strains with like names and stuff of people yeah, like people, there was charlie yeah. sheen for a I while yeah, no, i mean, I mean strain names don't mean a lot i mean let's just be honest strain names are just things that people do for publicity they don't- it makes it sound it's gonna be sweet and you know maybe a little frosty i yeah. don't know i mean growing yeah. up it was like no you know, it was like, that's good stuff. Or <laughs> I think you bought oregano. That was basically well, it. Uh, yes. That was all there was. But I'll say this. So it has involved. So strain names don't really mean anything for efficacy. But certainly now you can tell something's good or not by like COAs and by testing. And it's a fault, but you're about vapes. Like I said, buying legal is important. A lot of our operators that we partner with, they already have these things in place internally. They just aren't required. They have temperature control. They they control their ratios. They, they reintroduce the same terpenes that are from the same batch of cannabis, and they have better processes than what are required. So if you buy legal, you will be fine. But obviously, there's going to be different education uh, initiatives that are necessary to get people to understand it. Because vaping is important. People need vaping. It's rapid onset. People can't afford to wait for an edible to hit, quote unquote. And then you don't want to overdose because if you, oh, the edible hasn't, I don't feel anything in 30 minutes, I pop two more. 10 minutes later, you're glued <laughs> to, to a couch or a floor for two hours and you can't operate. So Something vaping, wrong with this? <laughs> well, if you're <laughs> not, and not unless well, you have something to do in the afternoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something to do it is, but no, I don't have an issue with. But obviously, some people do really need acute dosing to manage their day, to go to work even, and that's what we have to figure out to allow people to have that access. Because obviously, you can't 
be stoned at work. But if you can acutely dose with a vaporizer and manage your pain and still be completely um, mm. coherent, then why not? You know, like, like, why not figure out ways? This is a, this is a medicine. If most of the vape pens I've seen, and your experience may be different, have no temperature control. There are a few like um, uh, they're the, expensive. Like that's the why the Pax Era one is controlled through your through your. Um, your cell phone Pax is a good and you can yeah. you can set the temperature yes. i don't know how 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 truly the temperature you set is the temperature but it's you can accurate. you can no. set it through your phone no. so the non-pax products there's usually like a battery that's just one set temperature right. and then there's ones that have like you can adjust the temperature so obviously if you get the ones that are adjustable they cost more and yeah. a lot of the companies don't want to spend that extra well, money for instance um yeah. remember we had on temple, uh, temple extracts yeah. And Temple Extracts, very high quality packaging. I mean, really good stuff. But there was no adjustment on those on those right, little pens. Right, and that's pens. okay though. But yeah, you know, that's okay because some things are controlled. Like doses, for instance, it's just a button, but it it, <clears throat> it does time and temperature to tell you when it sh- to to shut off the the yeah. uh, uh, anything from get too hot. There's other like the issues when you get those big fat car battery looking things you on top of vaporizers. Blow the blowing, huge plume yeah. of smoke. Oh sure, people, like a bomb yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly what it is. People want this big plume, but that's not safe like like when you heat up to get that all that plume you're actually breaking it down well the first the first vape pen i used was a dosist yes and with the which is pretty pretty well known out there and with the dosist you take a puff and we've had enough it buzzes exactly which i thought was like how do it know because because i mean but but, but that's the formation that's the internal ip but that's what's beautiful about the legal market because they're doing all those things they're putting that extra money into their product to keep you safe and that's why it costs a little bit more and we talked about boot 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 like purchase and bags prior to this but this is something where you don't want to take a chance it may look just as good it may have the same labeling the same a lot of stuff is counterfeit like kingpin stizzy a lot of people are they're the biggest victims of counterfeit and it's because they have a good brand they have a good brand and people like take supreme. their name exactly it takes they, 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 they take it they put a bunch of crap in it and people think oh i'm getting the same stizzy pin from my guy you know for 10 bucks as opposed to 40 in the store, this must be the same deal. Well, and that's always going to be a big issue. The you other know issue that. is that people aren't realizing the shops that they're in aren't, aren't even legal. legal. Boom. That's oh the goodness. big challenge. Preach, We've sorry. talked Preach. about this so much. Um, we <laughs> yes. actually had Ruben from the UCBA yes. on and discussed yes. it with him. Ruben's a great partner. A lot of people have no idea that because their store is running on a generator or like there needs to be like a signage or some sort yeah. of official There really system. isn't. No. You know, and, no. I mean, you see the big, the fancier stores, the MedMen. Which I assume are legitimate, yes, yes. right? Um, but you know, I mean, they, they look they look like Apple stores. Yeah, but that's you new know. branding and whatnot, and that everyone yeah. can afford to shop at. Man and in man. this area, you know, where we record out of, from Van Nuys to North Hollywood, there are so many shops. Rampant! Oh my goodness! And it's a, a normal person wouldn't know walking in whether or not no. they were legal or not. They couldn't ascertain whether you know. unless you know how to read a bcc license and know where to obtain them and how yeah. to review them because you probably know. went on weed maps or some other website that, that allow allows stuff. it which is mm-hmm. horrible so you go and you think you're getting an informed store or dispensary location and then you go there and you go through this whole process you buy and you're thinking you're getting a great deal on a pen I'm so and glad then you said that and that's exactly the confusion that's the misinformation the miseducation that's getting people sick and that's what hopefully today here people are listening and can kind of take this to heart and realize that it's not the same and you must have approved sources you must understand where other stuff is coming from can i assume the little cbd stations at cvs and bed bath and beyond and and those places are, are all legit because they're at big companies that would carry legitimate brands? No, you can't assume that, unfortunately, because CBD, quite frankly, is unregulated. And unless 
uh, unless someone has um, created a program around a testing and, and compliance, you don't know. Even if they say the products have been tested, they've probably only been tested for THC and CBD content. And then beyond that, did, did the people who tested have access to the entire batch? Or did I submit one sample to you and say, oh, here, test this for THC content, and then I'm going to say this includes another 30,000 units, but I only saw one the whole time. So you really don't really, you really don't know. You have to, you have to understand the brand and how they operate and you should ask, you should demand it of them. You should say, Hey, what is your quality control? Do you have your products tested? Do, can I have access to the COAs? And then you just touched on something. So if they give you one, how do you ensure that the rest of their, you don't, you can't. And, and that's why with compliance, what you have to do in California for compliance. So you have 5,000, you have to show me all 5,000 and my sampler with this kit that you, that you talked about comes out and randomly selects enough from that, uh, 5,000 batch to make sure I get a representative, uh, sample of it. But if someone walks in with something and say, Hey, test this, we give them an R and D certificate. And you'll notice on our R and D certificates, we don't certify batch size because we get people coming in all the time. That's like, Hey, someone sold me distillate at this number. I got it retested. One is full of pesticides and it's 20% less. And we're like, well, what do you mean we tested? Well, here's the COA they gave me. I'm like, well, do you know that that, what I tested is that, is that the same thing you saw? Well, they said it is. And I go, well, let's look at the COA. There's no batch number on it. There's no batch size on it. It's just you gave me two grams of some distillate and I tested it. And that's all we did. And there's a miscommunication there even with the supply chain that causes a lot of pain, suffering, and a lot of financial loss too. People, there's a lot of trickery going on out there in the CBD game about it. So it's the Wild West. It it's, really it's, is. The, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming from everything you've said that and everything you do is objectively scientific, that you have no subjective tasting. You don't have, you know, some stoners coming in from UCLA no. who <laughs> sit in a room and going, this good stuff, man, this is nice. No, it is all analytical. It is all based on science and reproducibility so we have to be iso certified so we have to be certified like other labs and other industries and we have to be and we're regulated by the bcc by california by a third party accreditor we're regulated by a few different parties there antonio frazier this is amazing this this is this has been great how can people find out more about CanaSafe? um please uh, go to our website www.csalabs.com as well as our instagram um we're on linkedin if, if as i well. just type in CanaSafe, we'll yeah so come up yeah it's yeah. at it's at CannaSafe, unfortunately, with Instagram's laws, it's hard to get that top uh, search return because we're a cannabis company. But what about Google? I mean, yeah. if I type in CannaSafe, yes, 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 we yes, can yes, find you. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can certainly find us. And we're doing more and more to educate. We're doing events. Obviously, thankful that you all had me here today to, to, to have this platform. But we're on radio, as you mentioned, TV. We're doing everything we can to get the message out there to to to, to, to sort out some of this mis, this misinformation. If, that you're if we go about. to your site, do you have an official um, list of stuff that's passed or you don't you don't release uh, that is an amazing question um right now um we do have partnerships posted but we are working on different things to get to get consumers access to the products that we've tested you know you have to be very careful about it because we are third party we don't get any kickback for you know for sending you to our clients it's it's totally separate but we're trying to find the best way because people are right you're right our info line has gone from Hey, it's going from B2B, people asking for testing, to consumers now asking us, who we're not a consumer-facing brand at all, asking us, where do I go to get safe products? Where do I find safe CBD? What brands, what vapes are safe? And we're going to find a way to kind of yeah. get, that, get the information here pretty soon. But I'm so glad you said that because uh, we really want the labs to be that that clarity because the lab should be for we're, we're that protection for the consumer. We should be independent and we should be true. 
and, and and we're hoping to take that platform and educate people on how to use COAs to for efficacy and to understand dosing even. Because if you don't, if you're not getting the same product, how can you dose yourself? How do you know? Oh, well, I take this much of this product and I feel great. Well, if it changes every time you get the the product, you can't you you can't accurately dose yourself yeah. and, and maintain a regimen. Yeah, and well, that's I mean, where we, this is we've going. We've had we've had various people on who we trust. You know, be it Doctor Bob, be it um. Um, uh, Pop and Barkley, be Great it um, a, yeah. a, a Temple Extracts, um, you know, they, they've demonstrated they're real. They're real. And when people yeah. say, what should we get? I go, look, Apothecana did, did good stuff for me. I, I believe Apothecana. I don't think they're just selling me a skin cream. I'm hoping yeah. not. It no. worked very nice. Topicals are amazing. Topicals become my favorite product out there. I mean, the, the onset, the targeted relief of a topical yeah. is really special. I mean, even the bath bombs are coming out now are pretty are pretty special, too. There's a lot of – that's what's unique about California. I mean, you're getting access to all these products. There are so many intuitive great products out there and they're through the legal market and they're really is specialized for what you need. The bath bomb was strange. I thought I was taking a bath. It's like Kool-Aid. No, no. It was just this big bath, this big red bathtub of sweet smell and stuff. I said, you need a different okay, color. Said, okay. This, yeah. is, color this, brand is, this is too know. girly for me. Like, I'm oh, not happy Where am I bleeding? It. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Frazier, thank you. And thank you everybody. This is high on the hog. It's Antonio Frazier from Canna Safe. It's Joanna Belson. It's Phil Giangrande at the um, the board there. This has been great. Catch us next time. This is Meryl Schindler. Hey, here at High in the Hog, the podcast, we always listen to the Mary Jane Experience. It's one of our favorite shows. So if you listen to High in the Hog, the podcast, listen to the Mary Jane Experience. High in the Hog, it's your one place to find information about medical cannabis, about the stuff that's really the talk of the world. Find us on iTunes, find us on Amazon, find us on the internet. High in the Hog, the podcast.com. That's High in the Hog, the podcast.com. Tell a friend. <laughs>